Well, this is another one of those weeks on Preps Today with John Millay, where we have a special guest today, Rosemount High School Athletic Director Mike Manning. John will be interviewing him shortly. Then John will tell us uh, about a couple other cool things around the uh, prep and activities space in Minnesota. We're going to thank a band and we'll get to John's most valuable teammate. Uh, But for right now, um, let me introduce the show, then we'll go to John and Mike once again. This is Preps Today with John Millay, part of TalkNorth.com. Thanks to our sponsors, All Energy Solar, Pizza Barn in Princeton, and Propane. We're working from the Aquarius Home Services Studio. Brandon Morton is our producer. Best way to listen to this show or any show you like on the network, subscribe to your favorite podcast app. It's free. It's the easiest way to listen. Uh, now let's let's all sit back and listen to John chat with Mike. Yeah. Hey, thanks, Jim. Uh, yeah, we're talking to Mike Manning, athletic director at Rosemount High School, who is retiring the lucky son of a gun at the end of the school year after 27. Is that right, Mike? 27 years in that job? You are correct, John. Okay, 27 okay. years at Rosemont and 39 uh, years overall. There you go. There you go. And and Mike, you, you and I know each other very well. My own kids are all graduates of Rosemont High School. They're all in their 30s now. And uh, they all had such great experiences in lots of different uh, activities and things in high school that, that really, I think, helped shape them into the people they are today. And and our family has an Irish heritage, and we're, we're equally proud to be Rosemount Irish. Um, but, M- Mike, you've been doing this for so long. Let, let's kind of go back to the beginning. You know, I think you're from Hopkins originally, right? Tell us about, you know, where you, where you grew up, uh, things you did as a, as a high school person and, and education, college, stuff like that. Give us a little short bio. Wow, John, that's a great question. I, I haven't thought about high school in a long, long time, <laughs> I'll tell you. You know, I... I had a great experience growing up in, in Hopkins, and it was Eisenhower at the time. We had the rival high school, Lindbergh, and uh, they closed Eisenhower about a year after I graduated. And uh, I, I just had a wonderful experience. I, I played football. I played basketball. I played baseball, all in the late conference. I was uh, fortunate enough to have Tom Hutton as my basketball coach in high school, and he sure taught me a lot, and I just had great experiences uh, with Dick Robinson, who was one of my football coaches, and Ken Zaffi was the head coach, and uh, Dick has been a longtime uh, official uh, for the league as well over the years, and I got a chance to see him when I was doing some coaching myself. But um, I'm the youngest of six and had just great memories of growing up in a, in a very small town at the time, and uh I get back there every once in a while. Um, and then college-wise, where, where'd you go to school? Were you an athlete in college? You know, I went to St. John's University. I've and, heard of it. Uh, and <laughs> and I, I didn't play any sports my first year. I had a chance to play some college football, and uh, and I made the decision to go to St. John's and, and not play. And I missed it so darn much uh, my freshman year, uh, intramurals and and what they had was called bookstore basketball. It just wasn't quite enough for me. And some of the guys uh, talked me into trying out for the team my sophomore year. So I had three uh, just wonderful years with Jim Smith on the basketball team and uh, got a chance to play. Probably I started half the games my senior year at St. John's. Um, I, Jim was incredibly kind to me. I uh, tell a quick story about Jim. Uh, 
I got uh, a chance to be the head coach at St. Thomas Academy very young in my career at 27. And I called Jim to just ask advice and things like that. And Jim offered to bring the team down and put on a clinic for all of the eighth grade boys in the uh, Catholic grade schools in St. Paul. And he also offered to put on a coaches clinic for all of the Catholic grade school coaches. And so for me in my first year at 27 years old, and nobody knew who I was, uh, to have somebody like Jim Smith of his caliber go out of his way and load up the basketball team and bring them down and put on a clinic, it was an incredible uh, night that helped uh, boost my, my career. And Jim did things like that for me all the time. Um, so, I, again, great, great memories of being at St. John's. I learned a ton from Jim Smith. I got my coaching certificate, and I still remember, I was actually talking about it this morning, I had John Gallardi uh, for my theory of football uh, coach. And, dear God, I'll, I'll never forget that. And, uh, and then when I was uh, coaching summer basketball camps with Jim, the guy that I did it with was Mike Grant, and that's how I got to know Mike Grant. And we used to tool around campus. So between Gallardi and Smith and uh, Mike Grant, I don't know who told the best stories back in those days. <laughs> yeah, you know, I did a lot of different beats at the Star Tribune in my sports writing days there. And one of the greatest ones was why I wrote about the Mayak for a few years. So, you know, I got to know John really well. And, and I don't know if I've ever known a finer person than Jim Smith. You know, and when I'd be up there, we didn't talk so much about basketball. We talked about every, you know, other things. What a nice guy. What a smart guy he was. And, and I can see why you turned out so well with, with people like that in your life. Um, and when did, when did you decide to go into education, Mike? Was that early on in your life? No, it, it actually, I, um, I took a year off after my junior year at St. John's. They had a grant called the Giles Nathy Grant where you did uh, uh, missionary work for a year. Uh, unfortunately, I wasn't. Uh, they used to send the the recipients of the grant to Peru, uh, but because I wasn't fluent in Spanish, they sent me through another program, and I ended up teaching and coaching in Compton. Uh, oh, yeah, and uh, that would have been about eighty four, and I had kind of an amazing experience. I lived there at the parish and taught in their school, and that really changed my life. And ended up coming back, and I was th I was going to go to law school and follow my brother um, in law, and decided to teach and coach, and uh, and went that direction instead. But it was really what happened to me during that year in Compton that changed all of that for me. Gotcha, gotcha. So let's talk about becoming an AD. You were a teacher and a coach. How did you become an athletic director? And maybe maybe how and why. Well, um, gosh, I'll tell you, these are great questions, John. <laughs> I, you know, I, you know, I grew up in Hopkins at Eisenhower, and my athletic director was George Reynolds. Sure. And I, I don't know if you know George, but uh, he was an incredible golfer. And uh, I, I tell this story. I don't know how true it is, but every time I walked by George's office when I was a junior and senior in high school, he was putting and practicing his putting in his office. And I thought, you know what? That might not be a bad job for me to, to go into someday. 
Um, and I, I ran into George a lot when I started my career as an AD. Um, I think also uh, Tom Ballman was our principal out at uh, Hopkins Eisenhower when I was there. And Tom went on to become principal of the year two or three times in his career. And I always wanted to end up as a principal. And I thought being an AD was a good stepping stone to that. I didn't realize I'd, I'd uh, get stranded in this job and, and uh, be here for as long as I've been. Well, it's worked out well. And, and maybe for people who aren't involved in schools as much as some of us are, tell me, just give me the job description of an, of an AD. Wow. Anything and everything. I, they're, they're, they're interviewing my replacements today, and I saw the job description, and I had forgotten how darn lengthy my job description is. But, uh, you know, I think it varies from place to place. I think in greater Minnesota, it, it's more of a focus just on athletics. Here in District 196, they, they want all of their athletic directors to be assistant principals. So I'd say about 40% of my day is taking care of academic departments. I, I supervise our buildings and grounds um, and take care of a number of academic things. And then the other 60% is athletics. And fortunately, I've always I've had two of the most unbelievable assistants that an athletic director could ever have in Marsha Schultz and Mary Houtman. And they do the lion's share of my work as an athletic director. And I'm so, so grateful. Could, could not do the job without, without what they did for me. Yeah, whenever I'm in a school, maybe getting a tour from an AD or something, and we, we, we go to the office and, and they introduce me to the assistant. Like, I, I knew Marsha very well. I always... Uh, figuratively slap those people on the back and tell them, I know who really runs this <laughs> office. It's not the guy with the title. <laughs> it's the people who do the heavy lifting every day. You, you're I, a wise man, John. <laughs> I've been doing this a long time, Mike. Um, and the hours, I know the hours can just be crushing because there's so many things going on past the school day. You know, how, how often in a typical week have you been home for dinner? you know, Monday, through, well, Monday through Saturday, basically. Yeah. You, you know, it's interesting that um, this, so I was at a private school, St. Thomas Academy for 10 years before I came here and I had to commute uh, to work, you know, 25 minutes and back. Uh, and when I, I went there very early and I coached and we didn't, uh, we did some academic studying after school, then had practices. So I, I learned early on in my 20s and early 30s that I, was, I had a crushing schedule then. Uh, when I did this job, it actually be, was better for my family because I lived 30 seconds from the school. And so I could get home, see the kids, have dinner, and then come back for evening events. Because you're right, I think that's what drives most people out of the profession um, after a short period of time is how difficult this is on family and how many hours you put in in a week. But uh, unfortunately, I, I learned bad habits right from the start and, uh, and was able to keep this going. My, my wife actually found this to be a better job for us family-wise than, than when I was <laughs> teaching and coaching. So. Yeah. I've heard that in my house too. When I'm when we had kids in the house and I wasn't home much, it seemed to make things easier on everybody. <laughs> but so, um, 
What are, what are the biggest challenges? And I know things have changed over the years, but right now, what are the biggest challenges for an athletic or activities administrator? Oh, my. I, you know, I think certainly the schedule, like you said, is one that's a challenge. I, I think just uh, fan behavior might be the biggest challenge. Uh, I'm not going to miss that. Uh, I, I love so much working with our our athletes and watching my coaches. I've been really fortunate. Uh, I've hired some good coaches that have been with me, most of them for 20 plus years. And to see them and kind of use their art of coaching and how they impact lives, it's a, a beautiful thing. But uh, gosh, parents are always uh, been a challenge and they continue to be a challenge. Uh, I think that's what a lot of young ADs, they, they just get tired of all of the complaining yeah. and all of the problem solving that a job like this is, is forced with. Yeah, I've known veteran ADs who decided to live somewhere else other than inside the boundaries of their school district because they get tired of, of running into parents at the grocery store or the convenience store and, and getting yelled at. You know, <laughs> they'd rather not deal with that when they're not at work. And yeah, I, I think that's uh, truly a big challenge, just human behavior. Uh, it's not getting, I don't think it's getting any better. I don't know if it's getting any worse, but it's, it's, maybe it's at an inflection point. And yeah. we've talked about that on the podcast a lot. How do you, how do you convince people to act a little more humanely towards everybody, coaches, officials, everybody, administrators. Um, and, and we've talked about too, you know, the turnover in the athletic and activity director ranks is just massive. I think the figure we use at the high school league is every year or two, there's at least 30% turnover in, you know, schools around the state, small to large. So it's a tough job. Nobody could argue that it's not a, a heck of a challenge, but <laughs> you, you've done it pretty well. And, and talking about new ADs, Mike, what kind of advice? Do you, do you get asked from younger ADs, you know, for advice? Uh, they consult with you. And if so, what do you tell them? Yeah, I don't get, uh, you know, I'm, pre I'm pretty old, John. So I don't get, I don't get <laughs> You're asked. You're younger than me. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get asked for advice very often. Let me, let me tell you. But if you I, did, what, what's, yeah. what, do, what, do, what do people need to know maybe who are interested in a, in a career like this? You know, it, it's interesting as I wind down and I've got a couple of things coming up that I've, I've had a chance to reflect on some of these topics. And I think about the people that helped me get through this profession. And I think finding, I mean, John, you're an example of somebody uh, that I got to know that was a real positive in my life. And there's been about a dozen of those kinds of people that have come through uh, my life in the last 39 years that have sustained me. Um, you know, that Ted Schultz at, at uh, Minnetonka, he and I have been very, very close. Scott Larson, um, who was a longtime athletic director and still is involved, is uh, running our conference in our, in our section. Uh, people like Joe Dolan, uh, he was the, prince, he was the uh, AD at Bloomington for probably a decade, and he passed way too early. But I, I look at those three and they helped me so much to just kind of listen to me, give me advice, help me through the difficult times. 
And I really don't know if I could have sustained 27 years as the AD without that. Um, and that's kind of the advice I tell young ADs. And uh, I'm really fortunate uh, to have a wife like I've got that uh, uh, has supported me through all of these years. Uh, it's tough on a spouse, as, as you know. So, Yeah, I know, Monica. I know, I know some of your kids. And didn't you and, and your, some of your kids and myself, didn't we have some fun with Sid Hartman one time way back <laughs> when? Tell, tell us, remind me of that, will you? Oh, gosh. John, I still have the picture on my refrigerator, for God's sake. <laughs> so, uh, that was such a fun day. I think you were doing uh, a story on multiple uh, uh, multi-sport athletes. Sounds and right. and uh, so you had my twins down because they looked a lot alike. And uh, you took photos with them uh, with a whole bunch of different sports. And, and all four of my kids were, were three and uh, two and three sport athletes. Yeah, yeah. But you, you introduced us to uh, Sid Hartman. Right. And I, I had never met him before sure. that day. And he was so kind to us in his office. Yeah. That was a, a really fond memory. And the, the boys still talk about that. That's John. pretty good. Yeah, my kids have the same memories of of uh, hanging out with Sid in different times. So, well, we're going to let you go, Mike. Here, let me ask you one more question. What What's retirement going to be like for Mike Manning? Well, I'm uh, going to try to avoid conflict, if if that's possible. <laughs> good luck. Uh, that's my goal. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I have a cabin up north, uh, very grateful to have, uh, spend summers up there. I've uh, My four children uh, are all uh, off in their careers, and I have eight grandchildren. Uh, I've tried to buy each of my grandkids a set of golf clubs, and my goal is to teach each of the eight grandchildren how to golf. And my when I told my brother that, he said, God, don't teach him what an awful swing you've got, he said. So, um, you know, I, I hope to travel with my wife and uh, in the winter times and uh, otherwise spend time with our family. I'm going to build a wood shop up at our cabin uh, in the near future. And that's going to be the kind of the, the core of some of what I hope to do. Well, good for you, my friend. I'm super jealous, but yeah. uh, I, I've, I've been lucky to know you all these years and the influence you and everybody at, at the high schools had on my kids has been tremendous. So we're going to let you get back to your, to your normal day. Let's, uh, let's keep an eye out for, uh, at some point they're going to name the next athletic director at Rosemount high school. And they're, as Mike said, they're interviewing them as we speak today. So some big shoes to fill, but you've done great things over the years, my friend, and can't thank you enough for everything you've done. And, and especially for joining us on the podcast today. Uh, John, you're you're so kind, and it's been my pleasure uh, being a friends with you. And Jim, I I love reading your columns. You do an amazing job, and it's an honor to be on with you as well today. So. Well, let's not go too far, uh, but uh, <laughs> but I appreciate the sentiment. Uh, and 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 hey, everything you said about John is absolutely true. <laughs> yeah, the, the check is already in the mail. Yes. It's going to be fine. So. Well, get, great, Mike. We'll we'll turn you loose. We'll let you go, Mike. And uh, I'll, I'll I'll probably see you before too long here. And great. Mike, thank you for the time today. But thanks thanks for the work. I, I you know John and I are both married to educators. We know how difficult the job is. Sometimes how thankless it is. So thank you for everything you've done. You thanks so much, gentlemen. Okay. Thanks, Take Mike. Take care. Bye-bye. 
Good get, John. Thank you. That yeah. was great to hear from Mike. Uh, let's do the business side of the business right now. Tell us about Pizza Barn in Princeton. Yeah, this is not breaking news, but the Pizza Barn in Princeton not only serves outstanding food, as we all know, but it's also heavily involved in a lot of local and regional activities and just absolutely great causes. One example of this came this week on Monday from 5 to 8 p.m. 20% of all sales at the Pizza Barn were donated to the Princeton High School softball boosters with that money going toward equipment, food, and other supplies for the softball team. That's that's phenomenal. And the Pizza Barn does those kinds of things all the time. Here's another great cause. This Sunday, April 30th, uh, one of those famous Pizza Barn food trucks will be at Monticello High School from 2 to 4 p.m. at an event called Better Together, a day of wellness. This is a collaborative effort. Uh, with the school districts from Becker, Big Lake, and Monticello to support everybody's well-being. This is a family event. Families are invited. It's a free event. Uh, A lot going on, food, laughter, movement together. As I said, one of those pizza bar and food trucks will be bringing their family uh, favorites, pizzas alongside other food trucks from other places, a variety of wellness stations and entertainment, community resources. That sounds pretty well. Let's hope the weather's fantastic. And as always, our great big thanks to our friend Jody Stay and her crew at the Pizza Barn in Princeton for sponsoring our podcast. Yes, thank you, Jody. Thanks also to All Energy Solar, allenergysolar.com. The Inflation Reduction Act has raised the federal solar investment tax credit from 26% to 30%. It was going to drop to 22%. This is a good development. It's a fantastic opportunity for residents and businesses to invest in solar. The rebate includes solar power with battery backup. There may be additional solar incentives depending on the location of your property. Solar power with battery backup can keep your lights on, your heat running when a summer or winter storm hits. Solar and EV are the perfect pair. Uh, Check out every possibility at allenergysolar.com. Thanks also to Minnesota Propane. The Sheriff family enjoys spending a lot of time outside. Hence, we care what goes into our environment. That's why we support propane, the energy for everyone. Did you know that propane produces fewer greenhouse gas emissions than electricity generated on the U.S. grid? Propane's emissions are 43% fewer. That's a lot. Propane is clean, dependable, and affordable. Plus, it's produced right here in the USA. Let's all do our part to reduce emissions from our homes, cabins, and businesses by choosing propane, the right energy right now. To learn more about propane, the energy for everyone, go to propane.com. And once again, we are coming to you from the Aquarius Home Services Studio. Uh, so, John, let's, let's go ahead and thank a band right now. Yeah, we're going to thank a band here, Jim, uh, as we get close to wrapping up the show. At a Twins game over the weekend while the Yankees were in town, uh, the national anthem before one of these games was performed by musicians from two high schools and a college. So the high schools were Piers and New Prague, and and the college musicians were from Loris College in Iowa. Here's the link. The directors of these bands are all in the same family. Joel Poland is the band director at Piers. His brother, John, does the same thing at New Prague, and their dad, Glenn, is the band director at Loris College in Iowa. Congrats to everybody involved there, and uh, that, that's pretty awesome. That, I bet that was a big day for, for that family and all those musicians, just, just to be on the, 
on the field at Target Field playing the anthem. That's a big deal right there, but to have such a family tie-in. And I know about this because our friend Rick Gramond in Piers, great broadcaster up there uh, who does a lot more than that. He's uh, he's Mr. Piers. He tweeted about this, and uh, thanks to Rick for letting us know about that. Yes, thank you. And now let's get to one of the best aspects of the show every week, John's most valuable teammate. Yeah, this is the weekly award we, we give out at the Minnesota State High School League. Uh, we're going to honor Carson Fenske, a senior baseball player from St. Charles, who's a leader in every sense of the word. Everything Carson does on and off the field makes the team better. He works hard at learning the little things about baseball, wants to get better in all areas of the sport. When the team is setting up for practices or games, Carson takes some of the burden off the coach's shoulders, makes sure everything's ready to go. He is upbeat at all times, always encourages everybody. He's a true team player and a great teammate. Congrats to Carson Fenske of St. Charles for being a most valuable teammate. Excellent. Uh, Thank you to our producer, Brandon Morton. Thanks again to Mike Manning, and congratulations to him on his long career. As John said, those are thankless positions. I appreciate anybody who who invests themselves the way Mike and and those of his ilk have. Uh, Thanks again to All Energy Solar, Pizza Barn in Princeton, Propane, and Aquarius Home Services. And we'll be back soon because John always has good stuff for us. 